Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On another exciting entry of Animation Deliberation, we say hello once more to some old friends and some old foes on this uh, week's coverage of The Bad Batch. Right after some ads we have no control over. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Good luck singing along if you know the words. Animation, deliberation, a conversation, and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. La la la. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I will never get used to that. It's so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, My name is Andrew Rogers. I'm Jay Scotty St. Clair. And we are your lovely dueling hosts this week to cover what is going to be one of the great shows going forward. I can just already tell. The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. This was a real fun one, and I I think, Jay Scotty, I already am prepared for you to be excited for this. Oh, yeah. Just right out of the gate, I'll go ahead and say this was one of my favorite episodes of the season so far, but maybe of the show in, in its entirety. It was just <laughs> a great, great episode. So you know me too well. Oh, yeah. I know you've talked about your love for tech when it comes to the main crew. But if you uh-huh. had one gripe coming out of last season, it was we didn't get enough of Crosshair. So as soon as mm-hmm. it was he was the forefront, I said, oh, Jay Scotty's going to be happy. And honestly, I was too. Like, I can't mm. complain about this little character story that we got from him. Yeah, yeah. And just a, a little glimpse behind the scene. This is the first week that we are kind of like doubling up. My Hero Academia has returned and we're also covering Bad Batch Weekly. So we're going to knock two episodes out in one session here. So I say if we've gotten our non-spoiler thoughts out of the way, let's just kind of dive into it and give them the synopsis. What do you say? Yeah, let's jump right in. Okay, great. All right. So this is Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, titled The Solitary Clone. And uh, we can talk about maybe what that title means, but I I think it's up for Mm. interpretation. All right. Crosshair is assigned to Commander Cody on a mission to the former Separatist planet Desix to rescue Imperial Governor Groton, who has been captured and taken hostage. After a successful assault, they encounter Desix Governor Tawny Ames, who demands Desix remain out of Imperial jurisdiction, citing the Republic's refusal to broker peace with the Separatists during the Clone Wars as reasoning. Cody argues for a peaceful resolution, but Crosshairs kills Ames on Groton's orders and Desix is brought under Imperial control. Returning to Coruscant, Cody questions whether the Empire is really doing good around the galaxy and deserts soon after. 
So there we go. And now with that out of the way, Commander Cody, like he <laughs> took off the helmet and I was like, no way. Are they actually going to like really start digging in and doing the connective tissue? And sure enough, there it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if I can sing the praises of this show as far as the art goes anymore. It, I, I won't say it's beating a dead horse because the show is absolutely beautiful and it deserves all the praise. But it's just it's almost kind of a given at this point how beautiful it looks. But before I get super into the story, I just have to point out like towards the end of the episode, there's the wide landscape shot of Desix with, uh, right after uh, Ames death. And you see this Star Destroyer just kind of looming on the horizon and all the colors like it just looks so beautiful. And I, I found myself having my breath taken away just on that shot. So the show continues to deliver on that front. Yeah, once again, I think it was when the ship was first flying in at like the start of the episode. I was like, yeah, no, they're closing in on a regular Star Wars planet. This is live action Star Wars. Like it just it doesn't trigger the things in my brain that make me think, oh, this is animated. I just forget that. And I'm Mm. sucked right into the world so quickly by both the story and obviously the animation. Just I can't complain about it, which is like somehow the number one praise that we can give in this world but (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's it's so flawless yeah i think that's totally fair when you've got shots of ships or entirely man-made structures and stuff like that the line really starts to get blurred between like is this could this be movie quality or or is this the tv show uh but with that kind of in mind kind of talking about the art direction uh two of my biggest takeaways or i guess one takeaway as a whole that has two parts to it is we kind of talked last week about what time period or how long this has been since season one. And just, yeah, seeing actual stormtroopers, and I love that their design was inspired by the original Ralph McQuarrie drawings again. And then also uh, during the the rescue or assault mission, whatever you want to call it, the I've never seen those droids before, but those droids that seem more capable, they kind of seemed like, like I guess, Desic's reprogrammed droids for themselves so that maybe they didn't have super battle droids but they had these droids that kind of reminded me of general grievous's bodyguards kind of like fused with regular battle droids but that was really cool i love seeing the evolution and transition of of armor and technology as well as politics um in this time period it's really great Yes. So I will exposit a little knowledge if you're just joining for the Bad Batch. So we have seen those. I think they're called assassin droids, if I'm not mistaken, uh, throughout the entirety of Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Mm. They appeared as this, like you said, highly capable, flexible, like like they did in this episode, leaping from beams and sticking to the wall. They are just basically you have to have a Jedi to take them down most of the time. Mm. They are that level of capable. But. I totally agree. There was so much visual storytelling. And again, if you are only watching this uh, slowly throughout Star Wars Rebels, they change the helmets as well. And this is Mm -hmm. the first time that I've ever seen these stormtrooper helmets outside of Star Wars Rebel. It's not quite to what we see by the time we hit A New Hope, but it is that like covered face, very round, like helmety top I, I don't know how else to describe it besides that that we see in rebels we're starting to see for the regular clones mm. but still we have this old guard of cody had yet to fully go into the stormtrooper helmet and crosshair still had his from the you know previous season so it is kind of 
letting the old guard go and the new guard come up. And I'm curious if we're going to see Crosshair get that helmet. But okay. I mean, there, there are so many little layers just to the visual storytelling that like, if you don't know, you don't know. But if you do, it's so easy to appreciate and understand there is a passage of time happening. Okay. I definitely appreciate your insights from the having watched the Clone Wars because I've provided the caveat before. I've only seen a handful of Clone Wars episodes. So um, to know that we've seen those droids before, I appreciate that. And um, I've got a lot that I want to hit. So hopefully I hit it all. Hopefully I don't get too scatterbrained (laughs) here because you brought up a lot. But I'm also curious if we've seen Commander Cody before in the Clone Wars, because for me, this is the first time I've seen him since episode three, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, but then I did find myself like talking about these stormtrooper helmets and there was kind of, it wasn't really at the forefront of the episode, but I thought it was something that was a thread that was kind of playing in the background with some dialogue and, um, you know, kind of seeing Cody's mindset change. But I'm wondering, were those stormtroopers that we saw in the beginning, were those clones that adapted new armor or were those like the commissioned soldiers? Because, uh, when Crosshair went to go sit down and have his breakfast, you heard a couple of clones chatting about this like bill that was coming through about um, something to do with commissioned or enlisted soldiers. And it sounded like the, the clones were kind of being phased out in addition to Rampart voicing some of his doubts. But then um, you mentioned Crosshair's helmet. And I was curious if it was the same as last season, because I thought maybe it had made some changes to look a little more stormtroopery. I thought, um, there was more definition in the eyes. I thought he kind of had that single slit last season, and now he's got more of like the the classic kind of stormtrooper eye set in the mouth grill. Uh, but at any rate, I it looks awesome. And uh, I guess last thing I say before I'll throw it back to you, though, we talked last season about how the Bad Batch had started to add more color to their garb. It's interesting to see Commander Cody lose color and become more muted uh, and then crosshair just to totally embrace this full black outfit that just has a couple little splashes of green that i think look look awesome yeah no crosshair removing the red commander cody removing his trademark orange there it was definitely different to see and uh yeah i'll funnel back on some of your comments there uh throughout clone wars we totally see uh, Cody. He is the okay. second in command to General Kenobi as Rex mm. is second in command to General Skywalker. They're, they're ah, basically, okay. they each get a clone underneath them. And that's where you really get this buildup of the relationship between Kenobi and Cody. So the betrayal mm. in episode three hits that much harder. So I'm really, really intrigued of now that Cody has, you know, left Mm. Is he going to search out the rebellion? Is he going to try and right the wrongs? Because we know there are several Jedi within the rebellion at this point. I, I want that. I, I want to see the reconciliation. See, perhaps does he link back up with Ahsoka or Obi-Wan mm. and have this look? I'm sorry. I couldn't control what was going on because I noticed he had a scar on his head um, that I don't previously remember. So I'm curious if that is his inhibitor chip possibly was messed with or taken out. And that's why he didn't immediately good soldiers follow orders uh, situation Mm. here. Mm. But yeah, there, there was definitely that question brought up, but we've talked so much about uh, the clone wars and everything previously. I know there were some people hoping that bad batch would kind of leave behind some of the stories that we knew, but the best thing about star Wars is we have so much to do it is a connected universe because the empire is trying to rule everyone 
Uh, mm. We got some name drops in this episode, largely the current governor of this planet name dropped Mina Bonteri. I, I kind of figured I didn't know who that was, but it felt very pointed when she when she made that name drop. So I will try and truncate this one as much as possible. Mina Bonteri was a character in the Clone Wars who was a uh, teacher of Padme Amidala prior to her becoming a senator but mina left and went with the separatists because she actually believed in the separatist cost and said no cause and said no they're trying to do good things they're leaving because they think the senate is corrupted and throughout Mm. the clone wars we actually see mina and padme uh try and work together to end the war peacefully okay and then dooku or not dooku sidious assassinates bonteri which Mm. then leads to the big fallout of there will never be a peaceful resolution to this war and I love seeing that through line of this governor obviously very much wanted to peacefully end things. But now that mm-hmm. the Empire is here, it's like no one ever wanted to negotiate with us. We tried our best because they believed in the cause and to see them just have this fallout, but see, you know, normal people, not just the evil that we're so used to with the Separatist Alliance be, you know, behind this cause is always such an interesting thing to see. And I want just again tug on those threads that little bit to show there is more to this than empire good separatist bad because Mm. also halfway through this episode i realized the guys that i'm rooting for the stormtroopers you know storm in the castle they're the bad guys in this situation they are legitimately not who i should be rooting for but inherently because i know the character it's like oh but i want to yeah you have that great moment where the door slides open and you see the frightened like citizens and cody's like it's it's okay we're here to help and they're like bs and slide the door back shut and you just get everything you need to know right then and there um yeah yeah i i agree and it's so interesting like coming off of the last the couple of episodes we got last week where we had you know uh romar kind of saying look dooku was pretty bad to us his home planet but now you've got uh tawny Ames saying like dooku was right dooku foresaw this galactic empire coming so i just love getting the nuance and kind of going back and forth and having these characters that we had painted you know in one light for so long like star wars ultimately is like a a story of good versus evil but as we've been able to flesh out the galaxy more and more just getting more nuance and more shades of gray i think um really really helps flesh out the world so it's it's great yeah and you talk about shades of gray i'm really curious you kind of teased it at the top what is your thought of the interpretation of the single clone the solitary clone, right. So I think on the surface, it, it clearly seems like it's about Crosshair. And I, I have to say, like, I really appreciate how this episode, like, as despicable as some of the things Crosshair has done and d- even did in this episode, the show still makes you feel for him. The fact that, like, the guy goes to sit down to eat his breakfast and then has the other two clones just, like, disgusted with him. And then he doesn't even get to eat. Both times we see him try to eat, he gets called away to go meet Rampart. And it's like, no wonder his cheeks are so gaunt and he's so skinny. Let the guy enjoy a meal. But um, yeah, I, I, as the episode went on and we had everything that went down with Cody, I realized, oh, okay, maybe the solitary clone is actually Cody because Cody decided to go AWOL without, without anyone. He basically you know, had enough and he didn't have, you know, brothers, like two or three brothers to, to defect with. He went completely alone. So that was, that was kind of how I interpreted it. Like 
clones can be brothers and be part of this this big machine. But once whatever is going on with the inhibitor chip, whether it's removed or it just loses effectiveness, once they start to doubt, they really are alone in this in this giant terrifying machine that is the Galactic Empire. Yeah, and I mean this is you know the second episode in a row where we have had a clone decidedly not obeying orders mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. that means for the greater scope of things and what it means for crosshair because there was the very pointed moment at the end of huh it looks like you're the only one still sticking around you keep losing all these clones is he going to think more about it you know what is his greater thought because I loved finding out at the last, the end of last season that he didn't have the inhibitor chip. This was all of his own sure. accord that right. he wanted to follow the empire and said, I'm a soldier. This is what I do. Yeah. And I, I hope there is, if they go the route of having him defect or having him go back to the batch, I mm. want to see the full arc. I want to see him go through the turmoil of, is this right? Is this wrong? As opposed to just being, you know, kicked out by rampart. I, I want to, I don't know where it's going to go, but there's just so many layers to sticking by the Empire at this point because he did mm-hmm. it for a reason. And not all of the Empire is despicable, just like not all of these separatists are despicable. So where that leads yeah. as well. It'll if it goes that way, it'll be really interesting to see that unraveling of his psyche because he has that dialogue with Cody or even with Rampart when Rampart asks him, like, how long were you stranded on that Camino platform 32 rotations and you still came back and he's like I, I'm a soldier for the empire that's what I do and when later when he's talking to Cody Cody's like do you really think what we're doing is for the betterment of the the galaxy and he's with soldiers we do what needs to be done and he says Cody replies the difference between us and battle droids is we get to make a decision and then we have to live with that too so really interested to see if that has any effect on him going forward yeah, it's it's so nuanced for what was arguably a monster of the week show last season. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it feels like a full heel turn and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like how you kind of mentioned the monster of the week because it kind of refreshed my memory. Like one thing that did stick out to me about this episode that reminds me of some of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian is like it kind of felt like a video game. Like there is a mission. There are goals and they're like little mini bosses and whatnot like the tank like shooting the shot right down the barrel of the tank was like the first little mini boss and then taking out the the tactical droid and the way that was done with like throwing the little mirror discs like so awesome uh but i think that was that was kind of the benefit of having this episode just focus on on crosshair and cody as as much as i love bouncing around with the members of the batch it it was really sucked me in and, and had me like really engaged like sticking to a single cup or a couple of characters and like seeing their journey all the way through and not bouncing around to these different scenes all the way throughout i think it really helped kind of ratchet up the tension and helped us get like some long sequences of really satisfying action yeah you know we talked about how beautiful this was we've talked about the nuance of it but the action like that tank scene was so fun and the fact that he was intentionally missing shots and you were mm-hmm. watching him be patient and have tank shells fly right over his head. He was confident. He's like, I know where they're aiming. It's not mm-hmm. me. It was so quintessential crosshair, just silence the whole time. Like he knew what he was doing. Everyone else just kind of had to watch in awe of how this went down. But yeah, it mm. was 
satisfying. I will say this was probably the most far-fetched I think we've seen Crosshair be with okay. the mirror deflections. Like every other mm. time we see him very carefully place like, okay, I know what I'm going to have to do. Whereas the idea of I just throw it out there and I'll hit it and it will hit <laughs> all seven of these battle droids was a little yeah, like, yeah. all right, I'll give it to you because you're Crosshair, but you only get one. <laughs> this is your one shot right here. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but it was so fun. Like, I couldn't care less that it's that goofy because it mm. was that good. Yeah, yeah, hardly the goofiest moment of the episode, though. I will say, like, and it's not even a gripe, but like having the battle droids have so much dialogue and having the one be so sassy. Like when Groton's like, "I am the rightful governor of this this planet," and he's like, mm-hmm. "I was like, okay, uh-uh. sa- sassy droid over here." <laughs> Oh, the droids are so sassy in Clone Wars. It's it's so funny. Did we get a Roger Roger? I know there's some people that gripe, but I, I how do we get battle droids without a Roger Roger? It's just a staple I, at this point. I, I think there might have been one Roger Roger. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Uh. The last thing I want to bring up, and it's I know you're normally kind of our music aficionado, but I, you know, if music sticks out to me, I definitely make note of it. But the end of the episode like everything after Tawny Ames got shot down and uh, Groton said, you know, put her body out there on the square and make an example of her, which I thought was like incredibly cruel because then he walks out and then Crosshair walks out. And it's like, okay, so Cody's the one that has to do this. Cody was the one that didn't even pull the trigger. He didn't want to do it. And now you're making him do this. But anyway, the music um, sounded very different from what we've heard in Star Wars previously. It sounded very synthy to me and i actually found myself like this sounds like blade runner and like that's a good thing i loved it like mm. i thought it worked really well selling just this like emotional impact and kind of like sorrow uh throughout the rest of the episode so i i appreciate it you know john williams he's created an incredible body of work to inspire people but just to kind of like everything else we've talked about seeing the galaxy expand having the music expand as well like um ludwig gornson is doing incredible things on on the mandalorian but this was just another example of hearing something very different in the star wars universe but it working very well yeah i mean i didn't take too much note of it beyond the fact that it just emotionally sucked you in like the minute mm. it happened. I don't know if I thought Cody was necessarily going to defect, but I knew something was going on with Cody from that moment mm-hmm. onward. Like, OK, right. maybe he's going to lead a few more missions or something, but it was definitely going to be a different tone for Cody from that point on. Agreed. Agreed. Well, um, I think that's everything I have to say about this episode. Anything else you want to bring up before we call it a day? No, I am I'm full in on Bad Batch this season for sure. They've they've done some great work this time. All right. Well, very cool. Well, I encourage everybody that's listening, if you are watching along and enjoying Bad Batch season two, please let us know what your thoughts are. You can send us feedback. You can send a voicemail or uh, well, an audio message or an email to animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. And there are other w- ways to reach us as well that I'll let Andrew talk about. Yes, you can reach us on all of your favorite social media platforms, except for some now that I'm saying that out loud. Uh, you can reach <laughs> us on Twitter at Animation to Live One and on Facebook and Instagram at Animation Deliberation on both of those platforms. And yeah, that's all from uh, the social side as well. 
Cool. Uh, just a quick plug for me. The Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium trailer two dropped uh, earlier this week. And I had the privilege, privilege of joining Matthew Carroll on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast to break that trailer down with frame by frame. And it was incredibly exciting because we got so much Kang got to really showcase Jonathan majors as the terrifying villain he's going to be. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, Marvel cinematic universe podcast is part of the stranded Panda network as we are. Uh, there's a video up on YouTube, stranded Panda. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's it for me. Anything you want to plug Andrew? No, I'm uh, except for the fact that we had our New Year's episode drop earlier this week. Check that out for sure. It was a fun wrap up with plenty of listener feedback, as well as like Jay Scotty said, we have two episodes coming out. So if you're not watching my hero, go watch my hero. (laughs) (laughs) We also do have some news and feedback uh, in that episode as well that you uh, may want to be privy to. So check that out. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. And then stay whelmed in muscle muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 